Hello everyone, welcome back to And What Do You Do? I'm Ed, and every episode I speak with someone about their job. Nothing to it. This time around, I was speaking with Matt about his work as an estimator, and from there we drift to a few other things, business as usual. Not too much to say ahead of the episode itself, there are a couple of small audio issues, but I think everything that we actually say is pretty clear. Well, maybe apart from the accents. Matt and I grew up not too far from each other, as it turns out. Maybe you'll be able to hear that. There is maybe the smallest amount of bad language, although I actually have a listen because it's in context and most of it, well, I think it is too much in the way of slang to actually count as bad. I don't think people will really be offended. But either way, I hope you give it a go and I'll be back again at the end for some more last little bits. All right, well, it's time to speak with someone new, but tell me, who are you and what do you do? Hello, uh, my name's Matt, and I am, I'm an estimator for an engineering company. Uh, so g- give me a little bit more. What does that, what does that involve uh, in the average day? Day-to-day uh, would be, um, we'll, be, we'll ha- get inquiries in from clients that can be in, well, basically any format, sort of uh, from back of an envelope to a sort of full suite of engineering drawings, specifications, etc. Um, and then we need to basically just put a price to the thing that they want done. So do you control all of that or is is the first step you have to take that you know thing that might be on the back of an envelope and turn it into, I guess, a format that makes sense for your company? Kind of. I would say nine times out of ten, yes, the, the sort of the concept lies with the client. Okay. So they, 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 they'll generally give us, yeah, this, this is roughly how the thing is to look, basically. And then we, need, we would go away. We, we wouldn't do any more sort of like engineering at that point, but I would, I would be able to price it against that sort of like, yes, yeah, it's, it's something that roughly looks like we would principally do sort of pipe work and pipe work, steel work, sort of mechanical installation type stuff. So yeah, we would go away, sort of sketch that up, figure out how many how many bits of metal and uh, and how many bits of metal you need to bash together, and then yes, put a number against that, and that's that's the price. And is there a, I mean, these jobs are coming to you in a variety of suggestions. I do like the idea of you know writing on the back of an envelope to get all your engineering needs done. But uh, do the jobs themselves? I mean, what kind of range do they span? Are we talking? You know, do you do you get companies approaching you for like a day's work, or or is this more like right here's a a month's work or a year's work? Oh no, it would be uh, yeah, yeah. It's anything that's kind of from sort of five hundred pounds up to kind of mil- millions of pounds. Not many millions of pounds, but yeah, one or two. But yeah, we would do that, and it's not. It's typically we sort of would would let guys out that would call it a, on a, on a sort of like day work basis, where you would just get get one of our guys to come up and just sort of look at. Uh, your fitter for the day right that that, that would be yeah that, yeah sort of like to assist with some site works or whatever but more typically it would be yeah we need uh we have a requirement for some pipe work that has to go from this bit of kit to that bit of kit gives a price for that so is it a i mean is it a simple i, I well i'm not suggesting it's a simple task overall but is, is there a is, is there a sort of blueprint to to follow for making those estimates or are some of them real, you know, head scratchers because they're they're asking for something really strange? Is is there is there like a big range of things that they might dream up and you have to bring them back down to earth? 
uh, in terms of what's actually possible, or or is it more a case that they come to you and they they're just saying here's the inputs, here's the outputs, and and you actually have to sort of explain how complicated that really will be. Well, typically in engineering, they would work through sort of like uh, sort of capex gate. So sort of at capex zero, someone might say, right, we need sort of yeah, Glasgow needs another pumping station that can deliver however many megalitres a day. And that's sort of like, that's the need, to, the need has been identified. So the initial sort of like estimate at that point would be, right, when was the last time we made a pumping station that, that could do that? Right. And that, that's, the, that's the sort of starting point. But at, at that point, we're not really involved. That would be more, it would be con- consultant engineers, sort of design engineers. Sure. The kind of identifying those things. And then they would come up with a concept design that would sort of like fall into the sort of like CapEx, maybe CapEx 1 to 2, but CapEx 1 to 2 would be pretty sketchy. And then CapEx 2 to 3, you, they would probably have like a drawing, a proper drawing. Can I, can I, just, can I just interrupt? Uh, so um, I, I explain to me what CapEx 0, CapEx 1, 2, uh, what are these terms? These are just the... Uh, the pricing stages of a job. Right, okay. Where, yes, like, like I said, like CapEx Zero is sort of like, yeah, the, the need is, has been identified. Yes, we, we need this thing. That's CapEx Zero. And then a whole load of engineering work would get done to say, right, what can we do and this with the space that we've got and where's the water source and blah, 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 blah. And then there would be a sort of like pricing point at CapEx One. And then that would be agreed between sort of, yeah, principal contractor client and whomever else has an input into that and then they would say right well let's say they said it was yeah it's 10 million pounds to build this pumping station mm. they would say right okay that that's fine continue with your engineering work and get it get it closer to the correct answer because it's obviously yeah at capex one stage all the information sort of a bit willy if you like yeah so so when you're estimating or you're, you're the estimator so when you you make an estimate at that point, is your job done, or is it one of those things where that's the starting process, and then there'll be sort of constant back and forth? Well, we'll hand over to our sort of project delivery guys, who will be like project project managers and project engineers, who are yeah just just making sure that yeah the, the job gets done, yeah the pipes get made and they get fitted properly and all that sort of thing. So there'll be a bit of back and forth, but our kind of like final involvement is usually at when the contract is signed with the client. There's a sort of there's a sort of like three three week conversation, if you like, between yeah, there's the client and then there's us as the estimators sort of like handing it over to our projects guys. I guess I'm wondering, because you know, this is a world that's completely unfamiliar to me. I guess I'm wondering, I mean, obviously your bosses wouldn't be happy, but how does the project manager know? That the estimates themselves are reliable, apart from I guess knowing you and knowing that you're sort of thorough. I guess for certainly for for the bigger projects, we will have you will have a kind of like final review that looks your your final sort of final gate, if you like, before the uh, before a quote is sent to the client. That just allows yeah project guys or site guys or whoever just to have like a bit of input. And to be honest, it would, it would be it would be more like the project guys who would have the the sort of definitive final say because I'm obviously I'm looking at it going yeah or oh, I reckon that will take three guys four weeks but they might say no 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 that's going to take 
five weeks or six weeks. So yeah, that that happens for for larger projects, but yeah, it it happens frequently that uh, <laughs> yeah, project engineers will come back to me and say, "You have uh, <laughs> you've you've given the wrong number. This number is no good." But it's too late by that point because the contract is signed. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I suppose there must be a bit of pressure because you know the company wants to chase down contracts, but at the same time, you don't want to foster a culture whereby you're sort of saying you're sort of undercutting yourself because otherwise that's unsustainable right oh absolutely yeah yeah um yeah it, it, that that's the balance it's the balance between you've got to win the work because it's obviously it's pretty much everything we do is competitive tender um so we're, we'll be up against however many other companies right so it's yeah it's the balance between yeah making sure that we make make some money but that we can do it that we actually win the work and I mean, you don't have to tell me uh, if you don't want to, but I'm just wondering: Have you ever got it really wrong, where some twist or turn in the tail meant that your assessment of the situation was just completely unrealistic, one way or the other? I'm not suggesting any kind of fault. I just mean, like, have you ever been in a situation where it turned out to be the case that your initial work just bore no relation to the to the situation on the ground, as it were? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, hmm. Yes, but I think certainly in that instance, I'm, I'm thinking of one job in particular, but I will not mention where that is. Um, but that was a larger job for for our size of company, uh, and that was very much there were lots of people involved and in getting that quote completed, and yeah, we were all kind of like holding hands and agreeing that yeah, this is. This is how long we think this is going to take, and we were, yeah, we were all very, very, very wrong. Right. And you mentioned, you know, you're doing lots of uh, pipe work. I guess, I guess, throughout the process, you're always working with other people, right? You don't, you don't sort of swoop in and say, oh, "Okay, everybody, clear out," and you can come back in three weeks when the pipes are done. I, I presume on big projects, actually, everybody's sort of in and out of each other's business. It kind of depends. Certainly on on new builds. Things um, certainly, if, if for example we're building a, a new pumping station, it's fairly clearly defined. There always ends up being a bit of overlap, but yeah, it would be fairly clear that yeah, the civil guys will, civils guys will clear out. So we're just left with a big concrete box. We'll go in and fit all the the, the pumps and the pipework. The access metal work guys will follow in from that, and then the, the electricians will follow in from that. So for that sort of thing, it is quite clear. But that's that's just a kind of that that's a kind of on the ground sort of programming sort of job for for other sites where the that interface isn't quite as clear cut. Right. It's really up to it, it's kind of up to the guys who employ us, uh, our clients, if you like, to juggle their their subcontractors. Really. Sure. A, a general question then uh, that I like to ask: what what is it that makes you good at that job? There's certainly from what you're talking about, I, I can certainly think of a few sort of skills that, that somebody would probably be, uh, well, it'd be an advantage to, to have, uh, maybe maybe not a necessity, but certainly an advantage. But what it, what is it that you think makes you good at that job? Uh, I don't know, I guess somewhat anal retentive. Um, yeah, just, I guess, I, attention to detail would probably be the nice way of putting it. Well, uh, here's a follow-up then to that. I mean, do you think that that is a natural part of your character and therefore you can apply it easily to the job? 
or is it simply that you recognize that that's what the job needs and you've sort of molded yourself into somebody that can carry that out even if it's not a natural fit I don't know yeah that's interesting because I, 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 I certainly I wouldn't have described myself as having good attention to detail until I did this job right quite quite the opposite in fact because I I I, I had worked sort of like in, in this sector for, for the same company actually kind of like on the tools out on site right kind of on and off for a number of years so there was there kind of like was a sort of base of knowledge there. So it wasn't like an, I had to learn like a whole bunch of new stuff. Like when you're at university or whatever, and you're like, yeah, I didn't, I, I would say like I had zero attention to detail because I was just so confused by everything that was going on. Right, okay. It was, it was too much of a struggle to, to figure out what the hell was happening. And just basically, yeah, just to, to try and keep up intellectually. But this job didn't really, that wasn't really required. To be honest, because I kind of knew a lot of the stuff anyway. Right. I, I mean, I presume that because you you were on the other side of it, you also you sort of knew what you would be taking from an estimator, and as I say, on the other side of it, or uh, the kind of feedback that you'd be given, and also you worked within the company, so you sort of knew its quirks, I guess. Uh, I mean, sorry, that's that's not a proper question. I guess I guess what what I'm interested in is that like. As you're saying, you know, when when you're say maybe university or something like that, and somebody's giving you a big book full of theory, some people really do take to that, and they can say, okay, well, I'll absorb all of that, and then I'll apply it. Whereas lots of other people, if if you demonstrate something to them, they now know how to do that thing, and if you sort of play around with it, they know all the sort of the the variables, or you learn it by that way. I'm just wondering if engineering on these big projects, complicated projects. Is it a good thing for the kind of person that you, you know can just essentially get stuck in and learn as as you're doing it? I think yes, because it's not, it's that way. It's not. I would say what we do is not. It's very. It, if this makes this probably doesn't make sense. It's complex in that there are a lot there are a lot of different little bits to get right to make to make the thing fit where it needs to fit. Sure. At the same time, it's, it's, it is still quite simple of just like, yeah, of being organised and, yeah, making sure you've, uh, you've measured everything correctly kind of thing, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. No, I think, I think it does. Okay, here's another question that I, I go back to every now and then. What would a dream project be? I mean, if you could sort of work on anything within your field, I don't just mean a, a dream job as such, but w- w- within what you're doing at the moment, if there was a dream project for you and you know, you're not limited by money or time or manpower or any of that sort of stuff. What would you like to work on? Um, I do quite enjoy sort of drilling down to sort of estimating norms, which is basically to say, yeah, yeah, you're basically just making a big table of like, yeah, yeah, here, here's how you very simply just like fill in these things to do this job, if that makes sense. Or do you mean you would actually sort of set up a system for other people to... Yes, yes, aye, that's exactly it, aye. Which, which I do kind of do in my day-to-day job, but it's, yeah, that's obviously fighting with the battle of just getting the getting all the quotes done for when they need to be done. That's the sort of the, sort of the, the background work. Is, is it the kind of job where things sort of change all the time because you've got to be abreast of, I'm thinking sort of new legislation or sort of health and safety stuff, is it the kind of thing where you can't really sit still because 
somebody's got a new demand of you. So even though in theory, you know, your job description, let's say, is the same, the reality is that month after month, you've got to make little adjustments. Yes, there, there, there's always new, yeah, like you say, health and safety legislation. We're always working to different British or European or American standards for engineering. And yes, those, those things do change all the time. But ah, I think that's kind of part of the course for, for just about MD's job, I think. Uh, well, I just wonder, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting that the, the work is bad in, in this sense, but I, I, just, I wonder if sometimes there are jobs where it's like, well, that's just a, again, this is quite a loaded phrase, uh, and maybe I don't mean it in any kind of derogatory way, but like whether there are some jobs where you can go, well, that is a sort of slapdash job in, in a kind of technical sense, like we, we will be able to just knock that out. Whereas, you know, you've got other jobs where it's like, well, we, we need to do this to really, really oh, yeah. rigorous spec. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, that's that, that's it, and that is that is a constant struggle of because you are you are just like moving your bar of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Right. Um, because like like I was saying, yeah, we we could get an order for five hundred pounds, and you know, I mean, some, somebody could come in and just say, "I need, I need, I need you to make me a gate for from my front yard," and if they if they paid us money, we would make it. It would be fine. Okay. But obviously, yeah. What's attached to you know I mean the the quality assessment of that is yeah I've welded it and I've kind of yeah I've I've given it a shake and it's fine right but then you might have pipe work for a nuclear facility for example that would have all sorts of all sorts of crazy demands put on it that is just yeah and the amount of work that goes into yeah making one pipe for one place versus the same pipe that was going into a different facility would be yeah it's many times more expensive, or it can be, depending on where it's going. I suppose one of the things that I find quite interesting about what you do is it's it's sort of hidden. It's a bit like you flip the switch on a light. If it works 999 times out of 1,000, you really don't notice or pay attention or, or kind of even care. It's the one time that it doesn't work, and then you get really annoyed. Uh, and, and, you know, piping and things like that seems like the same thing. Most people don't spend their time thinking about it it's just such a fundamental part of a building or uh, some sort of unit or something like that that you just want it to always work so nobody do, do you see what i mean there's a there's a sort of disconnect you you're you're constructing it to really think about how people use it and lots of other people literally don't ever want to think about the thing they just want the the benefits of it basically oh, uh, yeah absolutely I, I, well, I, a lot of what we do uh we work in kind of yeah, lots of different sectors, but yeah, most of the stuff that, I, that I'm involved with is, is water and, and wastewater. So yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, that, that not working isn't really an option. Sure. For anyone, it's just kind of like, no, no, that, yeah, that, that, needs, to, that needs to go right. And, and what's the, um, I mean, what's the hardest thing about the job? Apart from, you know, if things go wrong, you, you know, actually just doing the job day to day, what's the, trickiest thing or the most challenging thing well honestly i've now only reasonably recently in the last kind of year or so i'm not christ it'll be more than that now actually but good geez almost two years um i've got two guys kind of working underneath me another another estimator and uh a, a kind of trainee estimator and just de- dealing with dealing with people underneath you is, is by far by far the hardest part i think is that because you you sort of see all the ways that you would do the job you know, you know, so essentially you're, you're looking at someone doing not as good a job as you, or is it more that 
you find it hard to move into a kind of a t- teaching mode for them. Certainly, the first part is 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 uh, is undoubtedly true. Right. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to phrase it very well. I didn't. I didn't phrase it very nicely, but I I, I was trying a little bit. But well, I mean, certainly for the it's difficult, and because it's not because of the nature of the inquiries that we get, and because every single job is different, and blah 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 blah, it is quite hard to just sort of define to people exactly what the rules are, and people don't. I'm finding that people don't really like that. They want you to tell them exactly what it is that they should do under any circumstance. And you're like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really work like that. You're, 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 you're kind of grown-ups and you're going to need to uh, accept some responsibility for your own decisions. But people, yeah, I, I'm finding that, yeah, it feels like people are like, in a way that I don't I don't think I did, but I'm sure my old boss would disagree with me. I'd like, yeah, just want to defer everything back up to me, which is, yeah. Frustrating. And are there things about the job? I mean, I I know I'd already sort of talked about it being hidden in some sense, but are there things that when you talk to people about your job, they make strange assumptions or they they have odd ideas about what is it what is it you do? Are there any kind of preconceptions? There's, there's certainly the the preconception relating to the wastewater side of things. Well, I, I'm sure you know this, but just in case anyone that's listening to this, that wastewater is, is, is really just a euphemism for shit. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> so yes, people certainly have uh, preconceived notions about that, but I don't think they're necessarily wrong all the time. It can be pretty horrid, mm. uh, but like hugely necessary. I think that's that's the bit of the job, to, to be honest. Like, I'm glad I do what I do, because I, I just think that's such an important thing. Sure. To get rid of your jobbies and streamies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I suppose one interesting thing is that it, it then, I guess, does take a particular type of person and I guess a particular type of industry to just to, if you like, step up and say, well, we will deal with this. Like it's not, at some point you can't theorize it away. Somebody actually has to deal with that sort of situation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean, certainly the uh, I mean all the water authorities in the UK all used to be obviously publicly owned, um, and that's now no, sort of no longer the case. But I, I I find that very odd. It's just it just seems like such a fundamental part of sort of functioning first world society to have that in private hands. I just I, I find bizarre to be honest. It it does you know on the face of it seem a bit strange because it seems to be. <laughs> It would be a sort of whole society issue. So, in terms of privatizing things, is that well? I mean, I mean, people privatize things because they 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 want to make money or make money, I suppose, for other people. But what is the result of privatizing services like that? Oh gosh, uh... is it simply that that you make money by, I guess, assuming responsibility for it? I mean, what I'm trying to sort of avoid saying, but I, I maybe will do is that. That you're not making money by letting wastewater through your pipes as such, right? I, I mean, as in the actual act of of moving stuff around like that. So there must be some, is it like sort of service agreements or something like that? Gosh, yeah, I believe so. I don't know. I don't know the uh, how that would work. But it's it's companies like yeah, it would be well, it would be Thames Water, I guess, down your way. Right. Okay. They're just they they are now they are in charge of the the entire sort of sewage network, if you like. Yeah. And they've been in charge of the the treatment plants as well. 
Right. Okay. I think I think that's how it works. Then we don't we don't usually work that far south, to be honest. <laughs> you just you just stop at the border between Scotland and England, and you you go no further. No, no, no. We're, uh, we do a bit in the north of England. <laughs> the, the, the nice bit. The nice bit. The nice bit. You don't come anywhere near London. That's what you're trying to say. Uh, no, it's it's too expensive, mate. That's... Fair be... enough. Well, that's because well, that's because I guess we've privatised all of our water for some reason. You've got your own jobby engineers down there anyway. They can, uh, oh can sort out. Uh, okay, well, uh, we're almost out of time, so actually I'm going to give you my, my um, completely unpopular, but uh, I persevere with it anyway, uh, question, which is to say, I'm afraid to say you're no longer allowed to do your job. I'm not saying you've been fired, you're just no longer allowed to do it. But never uh, fear, I'm going to give you uh, a choice of three different jobs to do, and I would like to know which one you uh, would like to do. Uh, but more importantly, you know, why? I'm going to make them up off the top of my head. So I'm going to offer you a job as you can be an Olympic level swimmer. You can choose uh, which stroke you, uh, you want to use. Uh, so you can be an Olympic level uh, swimmer. Uh, you can be a, I'm not even sure if this is a proper, <laughs> well, it is a proper job, but I'm, I'm not sure how you would phrase it. Pro- I'm going to say you, you, you design carpets for a living, fancy carpets. Um, that's your other job. I'm just going to call that carpet designer. I, I'm sure that is a job. Or you can lead hiking expeditions up mountains. Interesting. Yes. Uh, I really should think of these beforehand. Yes, I would. I, would, I refuse I would, to. I would, I would tend to agree. I would say that I used to swim quite a lot when I was younger, and I, I, I stopped in my sort of mid-teens because it's it's so boring. <laughs> right. Okay. When you have to do it an awful lot, it's, it's deathly dull. So we say no to that one. Right. Bit. Olympics or no, and the hike—the hiking sounds nice, it does, but I—I'm more of a sit, sitting down sort of guy, and I reckon I can do that. Uh, design carpets, yeah, carpet designer done in the bag. Excellent. I accept. <laughs> well, thank you very much uh, for uh, speaking with me today, Matt. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, Ed. Speak to you soon. There we go. My thanks to Matt for speaking with me and for putting up with some pretty rambling questions. Definitely an insight into a world I know nothing about. And it has, well, actually what it's made me want to do is talk to some electricians and, uh, you know, like an architect and project engineers to get their insights into, let's say, similar projects, but at different stages. However, the easiest way to do that is to be one of those people and get in touch with me at andwhatdoyoudopodcast at gmail.com and then you can just tell me that you want to be interviewed. That would be very handy. Uh, so just do that, everyone. Otherwise, check out andwhatdoyoudo.co.uk for every other episode and usually some supplementary stuff. I do, as it turns out, also have Twitter and Instagram. I haven't mentioned them for a little while. And what do you do one for the former and and what do you do pod for the latter. Right now, I am just posting up old episodes and slowly building up connections. I would Uh, of course be pathetically grateful for every like and follow and review and retweet and thumbs up or I don't know whatever it is that uh, that, uh, is involved with social media that is supposed to make your life better. Nevertheless I am well I mean it's fine you can get everything useful from the website or go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever. Basically I'm rambling again so until next time take care speak soon. (laughs) 